It's playoff time here on Bills by the Numbers, where we let the stats tell you where the Bills are at. As always, we're presented by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Coming up, it's a trip down memory lane as we review Bills-Dolphins playoff history and bring in former Miami left tackle Richmond Webb to lend the South Florida perspective. And we ask our one burning question for Sunday's wild card showdown for the Bills and Dolphins. Let's kick it off! Happy to have you with us for the postseason on Bills by the Numbers. Bills Wall of Famer Steve Tasker, Bills Insider Chris Brown with you. And with the Bills-Dolphins wildcard matchup on tap this Sunday, we thought it appropriate to take a look at Bills-Dolphins playoff history. And we begin, as always, with the numbers. Buffalo and Miami have met a total of four times in the postseason. All of those games taking place in the 90s. Steve played in three of those games. Before we dive into some of those games... Describe the intensity, Steve, of the rivalry then for Bills fans that aren't oh, old enough wow. to remember. Um, here's the thing. you got to remember, and most people don't remember this. You've heard about it, but they were 0 for the 70s. The Bills never beat in a, in a year that ended, started with a 7, like a 1970 through 1979. The Bills never beat the Dolphins. Right. So Don Shula and his crew down there were, and this is of course included the '72 perfect season for the Dolphins, and they had some great players. And Don Shula was is a Hall of Fame, most winning coach of all time. So there was a good reason for yeah, you to get those are pretty good credentials. Get your head caved in by those guys. But then when the '80s hit, and particularly the mid to late '80s, when Jim Kelly got signed and the '83 quarterback class came out, there started to be a rivalry there, and. There was, I don't know that there was more than one, but I know there was at least only one coach in history who had a winning record against Don Shula. Marv owned him. Mm. Um, Marv and Jim and the crew got the better of Don Shula throughout those years, and we met a ton of times, as you say, four times in the 90s, three while I was playing in the 90s for the, in the playoffs. How, I mean, and, of course, the division games were always huge as well. Yeah. How were you coming here on waivers, indoctrinated to <laughs> come to understand what the rivalry was. Because guys that came in the door were, were quickly we schooled up, right? On It was a thing. Uh, I came in, I got here, we played the Pittsburgh Steelers at home. I was there one day and we played the Steelers. Yeah. Then we were on the road in New England we, and we played them. They beat us. Then we come back to, my, to play Miami. Here. Here. Yeah. It's my first Miami game. It's my first division game. We played in New England. We came here. It's my third game overall as a Bill. I'd been there a, a roughly two calendar weeks. Mm-hmm. And I get out of the car over by the tunnel to go down to the thing, and it's, it's raining, and it's, it's, a, it's a, you know. It's a lousy day. Lousy day. And I go down and think, and I was coming from Houston, Texas, where the Oilers, where they were a bad team as well at the time, mm. and if it rained in Houston, nobody went to the game either, and they played indoors. <laughs> so I'm thinking, well, this nobody's going to be at this game. I mean, this is, we're playing the Dolphins today. Nobody's going to come to this game because we're we're like two and ten on the season, mm. and you know, so I'm walking down. So the early outs go out an hour before game time. You know, you know, you've seen it. The guys that come out, yeah, really, are the kickers and guys come out and start throwing it around. I'm walking down the tunnel, and it's like I said, it was like just misty rain, a horrible day. I'm walking down the tunnel an hour, an hour before game time, 
And the mafia, it wasn't called the mafia then, they were hanging over the side of the tunnel, literally slobbering, <laughs> screaming at us. Get like spitting. Spewing, yeah. Like, hey, you done it. And they were like, they, and they were dogging Don Shula as he walks down the tunnel, dogging the. They hated those guys. I mean, yeah. they were absolutely sideways over this game. I'm like, I was looking at him like, are you. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and I asked, you know, you go back in the locker room, I asked Ed Abramowski, the, the Hall of Fame trainer and buddies, who those, both those guys were around for decades. I go, what, what, I go, what's the deal? They're losing their minds. It's like an hour early. And they go, oh, yeah. Yeah, they don't like Miami. <laughs> it's a thing. I was like, okay. Yeah. I guess, I, I guess that's it. Yeah. I and guess I guess it. for younger Bills fans, you know, that aren't old enough to remember that, you would probably equate it to the more modern and common hatred of the Patriots because, Absolutely. you know, the Patriots kind of owned the Bills for a long stretch of time there during the prime years of the Brady era. Um, would you say it's it's pretty comparable, those two? Like yeah. this stretch against the Patriots that was so bad kind of hardened yeah. it's a little Bills different. fans it's against It's a little them. different because, you know, there's always this thing about the Patriots that, you know, they – they're nefarious yeah, practices. Yeah, exactly. They're like, eh, how tough can it be when you do that, right? So yeah. um, I, the story I always tell about that Miami, my first Miami game, is I'd always, like I said, I'd been there like 12 days, 13 days. Mm -hmm. We'd played two games already, but one was on the road and one was Mars' first game. I just got in there the night before. So I'm back to open. The story I always tell is I'm back to return the opening kickoff, and there's a guy, I'm at the scoreboard end, near side, oh, and yeah. there's guys in the front row. This is a good one. The guys in the front row are like, they're looking at me like 80, Tasker, who are you? Yeah, where'd they get you? They go, what rock did they find? That Literally, they go, what rock did they find you under? <laughs> Seriously. I'm standing there and I, you know, you don't, you don't acknowledge it, but they're right there, right? Yeah. And I'm, you know, so I, I didn't say anything about it. And I, like, so I get the opening kickoff, and I have a nice game. I, I return a couple of kickoffs for like 30 yards and a return. I like four kickoff returns because the Dolphins are scoring. Yeah. And, and I make a couple of tackles on special teams, right? So I'm actually, for me, it's, I'm a, a, good, it's a good day. It's a good day. And bless their heart, I go back deep in the third quarter, return <laughs> a kick, same spot. You know, we're back in there the third quarter. And those same guys are going, <laughs> Steve Arino. You are the man. We've been following you. We've been following you since Houston. You're our favorite. I'm like, okay. I wonder how much of that commentary by the fourth quarter was. Yeah, they were affected by. Well, back then, certain they, libations. So they, so I do that. I return the kick, and they go, "Hey, that's so." They, you know, they back then they had the big paper program. Yeah, yeah. So you, like, who is the guy? You know, they probably went back and checked it out because you didn't have Google back then. No, no. They're like, oh, so they all hard copy. So they all, so they all, they That's were all friendly at the end. I of love the game. that, and I don't, I, I don't think we won the game, but you know, yeah, I won at least two or three guys. You over won two fans over. Good for you, Steve Marino. Yeah. Uh, the last time the Bills and Dolphins tangled in the postseason was January 1999. Buffalo had rebounded from an 0 and 4 start to make the playoffs under first-year head coach Wade Phillips with a 10-6 and six record. Doug Flutie was named NFL Comeback Player of the Year after taking over for an injured Rob Johnson. Miami was the other wild card at 10-6. and six. 
I totally forgot this, Steve, that the Jets won the division under Bill Parcells that season at 12 and 4. But the Dolphins got home field on tiebreaker with the Bills. So on the first play from scrimmage, Flutie goes deep to Eric Moulds. He goes 65 yards, and he's he's headed to the end zone. Yeah, yeah. And then he fumbles the ball when Terrell Buckley knocks it loose and Miami recovers. The game tight throughout three quarters, and Moulds tied the game at 14 with a 32-yard touchdown catch. But Miami scores 10 straight points in the fourth quarter. They go up 24-14 with three minutes left. Flutie and Reed would both lose fumbles in the second half to make it three total tur- three turnovers in the game. Bill still had a chance to tie or win at the end, down 24-17, 17 seconds left. Buffalo first and goal with the Miami five, but Flutie sacked by Trace Armstrong. He fumbles, Miami recovers to seal the game. Four total turnovers ultimately sunk the Bills. And then we remember Jimmy Johnson in the locker room dancing on a box of Flutie flakes, thinking he was hilarious which still ticks me off to this day. <laughs> I can't look at him right. I mean, it's bad enough the two Cowboys Super Bowls with Jimmy, like, you know, with his hair and laughing and all that stuff. And But the Flutie Flakes thing, like, was the capper um, for me. Anything that sticks out to you about that The thing that sticks game? out about me is the sack at the end with Trace Armstrong. Yeah. That's the one that got him. I mean, he him. got him good. He came he clean. Got, he, he hit him hard right from behind. And, and the three fourth-quarter turnovers were crushers. You know, you can't. You're just not going to win that. You think no. about the games we've seen this year with the Bills. You know, teams have turned it over. Mac Jones most recently. So, it's those. That's what sticks. It. And plus, Eric had a dynamic. He was unbelievable, he was unbelievable in that 240 game. receiving yards on nine receptions. Yeah, and he two forty on nine, and he fumbled that one away, or that would have been he would have had over three hundred. Yes, exactly. In that so game, he still he was a record. Absolutely dominant. And that was when, and that was like his third year, I think. Yeah, I think it was his yes, third year. That was his breakout year, and he uh, he just exploded onto the scene. Uh, truly, a Hall of Fame caliber player who got stuck in the mediocrity of the franchise yeah. while he was there. But he was, I mean, you know, he had you know he had Doug Flutie, he had Rob John, then you know, and then the, the that went the back trail and forth tears, for three years. The and... trail of tears that followed that at that position. So. Yeah, that was. That's what I remember tears. about that. Oh my God. <laughs> the trail of tears. You are bringing out the bouquets today. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember Molds was dominant that entire season, and Flutie's like, "This guy can't be stopped. I'm throwing it to him yeah. every chance I get." Yeah. And he did that year. Um, I still remember in that training camp at Fredonia, Molds comes in third year. He had done zero in '96 and '97. Thurman got in his ear after the 97 season, coming in in 98, he says, hey, man, we need you to do more. Step it up. Yeah, and he did. That I still, to this day, I've covered 20-something training camps. I have not seen one player dominate a training camp every single day the way Molds dominated that 98 training camp at Fredonia. It was insane. He'd yeah. score like three touchdowns every day. And I'm talking like 60-yard plays, 40-yard plays, like yeah. every single day. He was monstrous. Unbelievable. Absolutely monstrous. We spin it back next to 1995 to Rich Stadium in Orchard Park, December 30th, 1995. The Bills are AFC East champs. They have to square off with one of the two wild cards in the division, Miami. Indianapolis was the other that year. Bill sprint out to a 27 to nothing lead, which included a 37-yard touchdown pass from Jim Kelly to Steve Tasker, and Miami never recovered. It got as bad as 34 to 7. 
before the Dolphins yeah. made the game look a little bit closer. Final was 37-22. You guys looked like an avalanche in that game, and Miami just got buried. What what led to the outburst right from the jump, do you think? Like, what I believe, was it? I'm not sure, I think Thurman made a one-handed catch over his back one of, in one of these games. I think this might have been it right out of the gate. Thurman made a great catch on the first third down, kept us on the field, and we just kind of gained momentum from there. And then I was actually playing at the end because um, I don't think Andre was playing at this point. I think Bill Brooks missed this game. Yeah, maybe there was. We had some injuries in that, in that, and which is why I was on the field. And uh, Jim and I had a chemistry, and he had felt fine about throwing it to me. When I got back on the field, we were. I remember saying, "Hey, listen, they've got the safe. They've got a safety on me." And we yeah, get into Stewart. This, but I think we was, get into this safe. We get into this situation. This di- down a distance, or when they get this coverage and the safety comes out on me, he he can't cover me. Yeah. And Jim, all right, so. Next thing I know, it was, you know, like you say, a 37-yard or 30-whatever-it-was-yard yeah. touchdown. 37-yard touchdown. And uh, one thing that sticks out about me to that about that game was it was Don Shula's last game as mm. head coach. That was the end of an era. And uh, I, I, that's what I remember most about that yeah. game. Really, I'd, yeah. I'd forgotten I had a good day, game. Five for 104 or something, I yeah. think. You went over 100 in that thing. So that was, was in the first half, too, I think. Yeah. It, I, I didn't I just play can't... in the second half. I got hurt. Oh, you did? Yeah. Pull a muscle. Oh my! God. Pull a ten, and, and then I had to get yeah, and then I had to get shot up the next week from Pittsburgh when we lost. Yeah, that that was the flu game for Bruce. He missed that game. That's right. That was the flu game. We still talk to him about that. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I remember that one um, pretty well. I was here, living here, um, but I wasn't covering the team full time at that point in time. I was just a part time dude. That was a. I just was shocked at how you guys just put them in your rearview mirror Real at fast. the end of the game. It I happened mean, it was, really fast. I mean, twenty-seven to nothing, and then it's thirty-four-seven. I mean, the game was over like yeah. early. It it was shocking because Miami yeah. had a decent team. I mean, they weren't slouches by any stretch. Biggest playoff game of all between these two teams took place on January seventeenth, nineteen ninety-three. We'll be two days off of that on Sunday, incidentally, when the two teams met in the AFC title game in Miami at Joe Robbie Stadium, an early 3-3 tie busted up by a 23-0 run by the Bills. Another runoff of unanswered points. Buffalo's defense put Dan Marino and company on lockdown. Phil Hansen, Clifford Hicks had interceptions. Miami was 3-for-12 on third down in that game. Thurman Thomas, Kenny Davis had the only touchdowns for Buffalo, and Steve Christie, five field goals as the Bills advance to their third consecutive Super Bowl. Thoughts on that one, Steve? What yeah, flashes in out, your head for that? We couldn't get in the end zone to begin with, but we kept getting turnovers. Phil Hansen's tip pass interception got us down close. I don't even know that we – I think we scored on a counter play to Thurman came down. So we started – we scored one, but then we started piling field goals on. And, and that was one as well where Kenny Davis snapped off a big long run late in that game to put it away. And uh, ended up on the cover of Sports Illustrated because of it. It was the one where, like, here they come again. It's like the fourth straight Super Bowl, and people were absolutely ready to puke with us getting back. I think that the was Super the third Bowl. one. Was it the third one? I think one? that was the th- – I think it was. I'm um, pretty sure. So it was – people were, like, going, seriously? Like and the Bills uh, again? Right. Yeah. And uh, I, our offensive staff there, 
Uh, Thurman had a nice couple of runs. We had a nice wrinkle on our run game that put Thurman in the end zone once. Um, they did a nice screen pass. We had a screen game. You know, I, I got a hand on the punt on one of Reggie Roby's punts. Oh. Deflected it. It was. It didn't count as a block because it went past the line of scrimmage. But you know, it really seemed like we had some momentum in that game from start to finish. And I, I remember thinking this. The vibe about the Dolphins was that they had always come to Buffalo for the playoffs. They always struggled oh, late. Now in the year. this time it was going to be different. Kind now, of thing. now it's almost like we're entitled to this game because it's here, and that entitlement took the edge off them. Oh, you think so? Yeah, yeah. I really thought like they said, okay, now it's our turn to go, and here we and we're going to and because Dan Marino and those guys they'd been to the Super Bowl and he, you know that was like all right, all right, we've been waiting for this long. We're going to go now. It's our turn. So let, let's have this game happen so we can go. And you know they just didn't come in with the yeah. right edge. Wow. Yeah. Well, it kind of goes back to what you say all the time. You got to play your best on that day, and if you don't, yeah, you're yeah, not, and you're not unfortun- going. and fortunately, unfortunately for the teams I was on, we always played well on championship day. We didn't play well in the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. The only playoff game between the Bills and Dolphins that had some snow, not a lot. January twelfth, nineteen ninety. Bills had the bye, while the Dolphins beat the Chiefs seventeen sixteen in the wild card round to face Buffalo in Orchard Park. Bills again jump out to an early lead, up 20-3 to early in the second quarter, but the Dolphins closed to within three points a minute into the fourth quarter. It was suddenly 30-27, to but two touchdown drives in 36 seconds of game clock by the Bills suddenly made it 44-27 midway through the fourth, and the game was done. First, Steve, were you surprised they were able to climb back into the game? And then do you remember the talk on the sidelines you know, when they made it a three-point game. Nothing like uh, – I I don't remember thinking about being surprised by it. Okay. Uh, with well, Dan. yeah, because Dan could put up points, Dan right? could throw it up. and But the 36 seconds, I can't remember how they, they really happened. Um, I think the game ended up 44-34 in that game. Yes. And um, so they got one more touch. I mean, they got another touchdown. They scored 34 points on us. Right. Um. I don't. Re- I do not remember scoring two touchdown drives in 36 seconds. Yeah, I was looking at the game book before you know we sat down to do the pod, and I don't have the game book in front of me. But essentially, they scored, and then you guys got a turnover, and you scored like in right. three plays. Yeah, like one pl- one drive was two plays, the other drive was three plays. It was yeah. insane. Yeah, that's. That's the way it happened. I mean, happens. that's the way it was that's in the way it 1990. Yeah. It was quick with it, you guys. But. Well, yeah, and, and we were running a play every 16 seconds, you know. Yeah, that's what I mean. Um, <laughs> and I, that's not game clock. That's real time. Yeah. Whether the clock was stopped or not, it was 16 seconds and this ball was snapped. And that was – it works as long as you can get first downs. Yeah. It <laughs> worked pretty well. Pretty cool to relive some of those games. The Bills-Dolphins playoff history continues now in the numbers game where we will quiz Steve on some facts from Bills-Dolphins playoff matchups. Steve, are you ready? Okay, let's go. All right, here we go. Question number one. The Bills went 3-1 and one in their four playoff meetings with the Dolphins. How many times were they first on the scoreboard in those games? Scored first. I'll say... In those four I'll meetings. I'll say two of the four. Actually, three of the four. Oh, really? Three of the four. Um, yeah, I mean, I was hoping you'd use the test to take the test. I kind of told you how they, you sprinted out to a couple of leads. Right, there. I knew that. You knew there were at least two. Yeah. All right, not bad. We'll go All to right. question number two. 
What Bills player racked up the most points against the Dolphins in their playoff history? Non-kicker. Oh, non-kicker. Non-kicker. That Does Kelly count as throwing touchdowns? or No. I'll say Thurman. It is Thurman Thomas. 30 points. Oh. No wonder they signed him at the end of his career, man. They needed him. He was a Dolphins yeah, killer. He was they crusher, hated man. him. He was there. like he was like Josh Allen before Josh Allen. Yeah. All right. Question number three: What player in this four-game playoff history had the exact same name of a famous NBA player? I don't believe you played against him. So this would be later in the playoff history. Yeah. Is there Michael Jordan? I'll give you a position. All right. He played running back for the Dolphins. But he has the exact same name of a famous NBA player. You got me. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that guy. The running back. Yeah. Ah, He didn't spell Kareem the same way. Kareem, the NBA player, spells it with two E's. I forgot all about him. You remember that guy? Yeah, I Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I, yeah. I always oh thought gosh. that was... I, I felt bad for the kid. <laughs> Your parents seriously uh-huh. named you after... All right, I don't know. After that's hard to live up to. Yeah, that's hard. I mean, even if you're playing a different sport. I'm sorry. Yeah. Question four. Can you, Steve, name all four kickers who kicked in the Bills-Dolphins playoff history? Who participated in those four playoff games for the Bills and Dolphins, respectively? Steve Christie, Scott Norwood. Right, those are the easy ones. Pete Stoyanovich. Yep, you're three for three. And can he get the last one? I was going to say Raul Alegre, but it's not (laughs) not Raul. Raul Who is it? Uh, Who's the other Dolphins kicker? I will tell you, you are on the right track because it is. Yeah, the I know. Kicker is of Hispanic descent. I know. I don't know. I can't. I'll never get him. What is it? Who is it? Olindo Mare. Mare. Yes, that was the fourth ah. kicker. Question Olindo five. Gosh, darn it! All right, go which ahead. team threw more interceptions over the life of that four-game playoff series, Buffalo or Miami? Got to be Miami. It is Miami, but it's close. It's by a count of eight to six. A lot of turnovers yeah. in those games. Dude, that was a freewheeling game back then, man. <laughs> a lot of, a lot tipped of turnovers. interceptions. Hanson had a tipped interception in the championship game. Right. Clifford um, Hicks, as we mentioned. Clifford Hicks. Yeah, there was some uh, yeah, those games were absolutely. David White, wild. didn't he have did he have was that a playoff game I when David White was. or was that to clinch the right. division? It might have been because that that clinched the division, then you played in the very next week you, in '95. Jim and Dan were were just massive presences in the league. I mean, they were just. Yeah, Jim was this tough, hard-nosed, big gun. Let's yeah. go fast, and we're gonna throw it all over the yard kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And Marina was like, "I don't care. Let's go." He wouldn't. He refused to hand it off, which is one of the things that caused him problem. Probably. Danny was listen. I'm gonna. They were too one-dimensional. I got this. They'd run. They'd have a first and ten. They'd hand it off. Second and three, and they wouldn't hand it off again. Dan said, "I got this. I'll get this first down." You know, I was like, "Dude, we were like going, oh man, what are we gonna do? We can't stop their run. Oh, it's like it doesn't matter. They're not gonna run it." Yeah. So certainly not enough. Yeah. And so that was one of the things about them that you get in there and, the, and it was like Jim and Dan were just 
let's. It was just them. Yeah, it was, it was like shootout. all of us were just, you know, we were window dressing. <laughs> they were just, they were going at it. It was fun. Yeah. It was fun. Good times for sure. All right, Steve, nice job in the numbers game. We now turn to our guest this week. It's a man who played in all four of the Bills Dolphins playoff games. It's current Believe in Dolphins podcast host and former Miami left tackle, seven time Pro Bowler, two time All Pro, Richmond Webb joining us. Richmond, good to have you. Uh, you know, we're trying to do a little playoff history here with this being the fifth playoff meeting between the Bills and Dolphins. And I know it's not a great history for you, although the last one you played in finished the right way uh, in 99. Uh, but, like, I, I'm curious for, for the South Florida perspective from you because, you know, the Bills fans had developed this deep-seated hatred for the Dolphins, having never beaten them through the course of the 70s, and that carried into the 80s and 90s. That hatred still existed. And then, you know, Dan Marino and Jim Kelly took it to a whole nother level you know, with the shootouts that those guys engaged in. What was what was the approach that Shula had you guys take, you know, facing a very familiar opponent that you had already played two times during the regular season? Well, I, I think the approach was, you know, and uh, it was probably the same pro- approach that Coach Marv Levy had was the thing that we focused on at the beginning of the season was, first thing was to win your division and, uh, back then, Buffalo was the team to beat or go through, and it was proven because when I first got in the league, they went to the Super Bowl four years in a row consecutively, and that's, you know, I, I don't think people really realize how hard it is to do that for four years consecutive in a row. So it just speaks volume to the, the, the type of players they had, uh, the competitiveness, and, and they were able to get things done, and they were just a little bit better than us, and that's why a lot of times we fell short. But uh, we didn't like them, but we had to respect them because they had some really good football teams back then. And it, and it comes to this, too. I remember, and you, you guys, it's particularly down in the trenches, the offensive and defensive line, you guys lean on each other and bang into each other all day, and you're never more than three feet away from each other. It almost becomes this intimate relationship over the course of three hours. And then to do it for three games in the same season, man, it's really got to be a different dynamic down inside. No question. And then it was, you know, majority of the time, I think one time, but early on, we always had to come back to Buffalo yeah. to play and playing in uh, – it was Rich Stadium. I don't know what it's called now, but I still call it Rich Stadium. But just the the way the fans and the, the crowd noise and uh, if you if you if the offense would make plays and you start hearing that song "Let's Go Buffalo" and I was like, man, it could turn turn into being a long, a long, a long, long day. But uh, I always look forward to to playing against the Bills and that. But just some really great teams. We just kind of came up short in the nineties. You had the unenviable task of going up against Bruce. Um, you know, and I think you won your share of battles over the years, uh, against him. You know, I mean, you're, you're a seven time pro bowler for a reason, two time all pro, uh, you know, so I, I always kind of felt you held your own in a lot of those games, but what was that like kind of dovetailing off of what Steve was asking, you know, in terms of the relationship and the respect you guys had for one another? Oh, no question. You know, that was the toughest guy I had to play against. Uh, throughout my whole career, I, I tell people that all the time. So, uh, anytime you're playing against Bruce, you just get ready for 60 minutes of hell. 
Um, doesn't matter whether it's a run play, pass play, he's given a hundred percent and um he was just a great player, you know, pass rush. Uh you couldn't cut him off, you know, even trying to go play side with it was just it was just a struggle. So mentally you just had to get prepared for that. And, you know, I think sometimes if you stalemate, you know, you consider that a win. But he was just, you know, such a great player. You know, he's got the sack record. I mean the statistics speak for itself, and uh, but but it was always a measuring stick for me that if you can kind of compete with this guy here, you know you got to be doing pretty good. So tremendous respect for him, but yeah, he was the toughest guy I had to play 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 against. And, and back in the day, those the two guys that and we always know, you know, everything centers around the quarterbacks. You had Dan and Jim uh, going at it, and the Bills ran that offense that was fast and you know the k-gun going really fast really fast really fast and dan didn't care uh and no matter what the situation he was not afraid to drop back and sling it what was your what was the perception about your offense against the bills offense those kind of those two dynamics about how the bills ran their stuff and dan and all you guys ran your stuff yeah i i think the biggest difference was i, I think uh Y'all had a better defense um, at the time than we did. Uh, offensively, we could kind of we could keep up with you guys, but it was always it seemed like we would have to end up selling for a field goal instead of a touchdown, and so we would get behind just a little bit. But like you said, Steve Tasker, Andre Reed, Thurman Thomas, Jim Kelly, Lofton—I mean, he could just pick pick his spots, and then you know Thurman was the guy that. He could dump it off and he make a three yard run, turn it into thirty yards down the field, and it was just, it was just frustrating. It was always he had another option, no matter who he chose to go through. And uh, but we would we would battle. We had you know Duper Clayton, you know Keith Jackson. We would go back and forth. But it seemed like we would always be able to not. They would always be able to kind of stop us where we'd have to sell for a field goal, and then we try to keep it close, but. But most of the time we lose by a touchdown or so. But I, I always enjoy playing against the Bills. Yeah, I mean, Richmond, you guys finally got them in your building for that AFC title game, you know, 92 season. Yeah. Did the did I'm just curious what the mental mindset was going into that one because finally you had the Bills in your place in a big playoff game. Like, did – I mean, did you guys just go into that game just like any other playoff game, or or was it different because you finally felt like we had the Bills in our house now? I felt good going into that game. I felt that, you know, we possibly, with us being at home instead of having to go to Buffalo, that um, that we would have a chance to win. I mean, we, we had home field throughout the playoffs, and uh, Bills went in as a wild card team, but, you know, they're still the Buffalo Bills, and they've went the previous two seasons. So, you know, you take all that into account. But um, at the end of the day, they were able to make the plays to get it done, to get back in there. And, you know, that was that was frustrating for me. I mean, that was the closest I got to ever, you know, making it to a Super Bowl. So, you know, you get to the title game, that's what you want. But you figure if you're at home, you want to try to pull that game out. But we wouldn't. And so – you know, you still shake hands and, you know, you respect those guys because they got it done. And that's why I say when you look at it, if you go back and look at it, what they were able to accomplish is they were one of the greatest teams ever assembled 
you know, to be able to go to four Super Bowls in a row. People just don't. I don't know if they really, truly appreciate what they've done. Whether you're a Bills fan or not, you, you got to take that into consideration. And, and when you look at the players, this most of the time they talk about the offense, but, you know, like Cornelius Bennett and Bryce Pop and Henry Jones and those guys that won the defense, their defense was just as good as well. So um, I know because I played against them all the time and I knew, you know, <laughs> the character of those guys and the talent they had on their team. So I, I got a tremendous respect for for those guys back then. Let's talk – can we talk a little bit about this matchup coming up? I mean, a lot of it depends on Tua and if he's going to be available and how well he can play after sitting down for so long. Uh, what is the vibe, of, you know, about this game uh, down there and what's going to ha- – and what the Dolphins are going to have to do to beat the Bills up here? Well, I, I think the, the thing, like you said, I think that is key is whether Tua will be able to play. I think the last time we played uh, the Bills a few weeks ago, we matched up pretty well against them, but the Bills were able to, to pull it out. But um, not only Tua, but, you know, we got injuries in the offensive line, secondary, this and that. So um, it just depends on how healthy we are going into this game. And, you know, I always look at the fact of, you know, glad the young man, DeMar Hamlin, is back. and He's back in Buffalo, this and that. I think uh, not only you have to be a Bills fan, but, you know, just being a former NFL player, it's a brotherhood. So to see him continue to make progress, especially what we saw on the field that night against um, Cincinnati, to see him recovering and, you know, responding and doing that, um, you got to take that into consideration that I'm sure his teammates is going to rally around that bet. But for the Dolphins, we got to have as many healthy people as possible because we know we're going into a hostile environment and it's going to be a game with a lot of emotion, stuff like that, but, I think the key is if we got players like Tua and stuff that can play, um, I believe it, it can be a competitive game. We'll have a chance to win it. But I just don't know now because um, the injury report, they hadn't updated whether he's going to be there or not. So we just have to wait and see. Richmond, I'm going to try to end this one on a high note for you. The last time you got the, do- the Bills in the playoffs, you got the best of them in 99, down at your place, wild card game. I know Eric Moulds was going off in that game, but besides that, you know, your defense came to play. They forced four turnovers, and, you know, you finally get the Bills. You get the best of the Bills in the playoffs. How satisfying was it for you knowing, you know, this was your fourth kick at the cat, and you finally got them, and then there's Jimmy Johnson in the locker room, you know, waving around a box of Flutie Flakes all over the locker room. How the heck did that happen at the end of the game? (laughs) I don't know, but you know the way I I, I, I truly approach the playoffs. You know, um, uh, like I say, Bills has been a, com- a consistent competitive opponent since I was in the league. But you know, it was good to get that win. But the way I look at it is, once the playoffs start, it's a week by week. So it was good to get that win. But then you got somebody the next week and the next week, and you want to continue. But um, it, it's like a hurdle you cross when, like, when a team is beating that many times in the playoffs and you actually get across that hurdle. It, it is a sense of accomplishment, but yeah, you just got to take it week by week and, and, and all that, but it, it was good to finally get that one late in my career. Cause they, they bumped our heads pretty good early on in my career. So what did, what did Jimmy do in the locker room, man? What was the locker room speech afterwards? Like before he started going nuts with the cereal box? I can't remember the speech, but it was always, you know, 
uh, when he was at the Cowboys, you used to hear him say, how about them Cowboys? But like at a big man like that, he would come in and say, how about those Dolphins and this and that? And, you know, it was a playoffs. You know, you make it in there and you you get a win. It's at home, this and that. So uh, everybody was excited. But, um, yeah, I remember playing against Flutie as well. He wasn't that tall, but he could throw the ball and then he could scramble and hurt you with his legs and stuff. So um, he had beaten us at times, too. So, yeah, I remember Doug Flutie as well. He was a great player. Richmond, thanks for being with us, man. It's good to see you again, and good luck. And, of course, happy birthday today. Hey, thanks, Steve. Hey, thanks for having me on the show, and um, good luck, and we'll mix it up on, uh, was it, Sunday. So, Sunday, yeah. yeah. Thanks, right. Richmond. Appreciate the time. Thank you. The NFL playoffs are getting underway, and you can win up to a million dollars with FanDuel's free pick style game. High-low pick teams from four different stat categories. The more you get right, the more you can win, and your odds are better now with a smaller playoff field. Get them all right, you could win up to a million dollars. Just go to FanDuel.com, select high-low under their free-to-play section. FanDuel, an official partner of the Buffalo Bills. Steve, you've got the high for points this week. Kick us off. All right, high for points. Your Buffalo Bills. Woo! I'm going with them. They put up 32 points against the Dolphins last time out. I expect them to spread out Miami, throw the thing all over the yard. It looks like it's going to be pretty good weather. The sun might even yeah. come out. So I'm taking <laughs> Buffalo high for points. But low for points, the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Lamar's probably not going to play. Even if he does, he's going to get rusty. Um, Mark Andrews is their only reliable weapon as a tight end. I think Baltimore is going gonna, is gonna to have to keep this low on the scoreboard. I, I, I got a feeling it's going to be a struggle for them, yeah. too. High for passing yards. I am taking the Los Angeles Chargers. I think they're going to be throwing the ball all over the place against the Jags. They rely heavily on Justin Herbert's arm to carry them offensively, and I think he can produce, even though Jacksonville's pass rush is pretty good. Low for passing yards. I'm following your lead, Steve, I'm taking the Ravens. I just think it's going to be a struggle for them in Cincinnati, much like the tail end of the regular season. Uh, So I will take Baltimore low for passing yards there. All right, high for receiving yards by an individual player. Receiving yards, I'm going to take Minnesota's Justin Jefferson. He had 12 for 133 in a TD in the regular season meeting with the Giants. I think he's going to do it again. He's the guy, and I think when you get to these spots, your big guns have to show up, and I think the Vikings are going to load that guy up on opportunities. Low for receiving yards, I've got San Francisco's Brandon Ayuk. He's not the first option in the passing game. In fact, he's probably third at best. Even though San Francisco's got a nice offense, I just don't see him in a going off in the playoffs. So it's Brandon Ayuk for low in receiving yards. Okay, high for rushing yards. I'm taking the Giants' Saquon Barkley. The offense goes through him, and I don't think that changes here in the postseason. Barkley will get touches, and Minnesota's run defense finished 20th in the league this year. Yeah. Low for rushing yards. I'm going with Seattle's Kenneth Walker. I mean, he's, he's had a nice season, but that San Francisco defense is a bear, man. Right. I don't see Walker finding many holes in that game. Niners are the best run defense in the league. I expect them to bottle up Walker and the Seahawks. We turn now to the fifth encounter in the postseason between the Bills and Dolphins this Sunday with our one burning question. Steve talks about it all the time on our daily show, One Bills Live. What, Steve, do you believe is the hardest part about playing a team a third time in one season? It's 
it's really strange as a player because you go out there and it really seems familiar to see these guys across from you. You've played them twice. You get an idea of what their capabilities are. And there's some uncertainty about because you know they're going to be a, a different scheme. They're going to be playing some a different coverage, a different technique. They're going to be doing different things against you, mm-hmm. both offensively and defensively. It's going to be – you're always apprehensive about that. And I think the key thing is that you got to do what you do with a lot of confidence. I think that's that's where it falls. you got to play your like game, even just you, go. Even though you know they're familiar with you, you got to believe in your stuff – and do that what you're you going to be able to execute. Do what you do. Um, get the matchups you want. Everybody, everybody keeps their focus very narrow on your job and doing what you're supposed to do and being ready at all times. Mm-hmm. I think the preparation is key. You can feel it in the building when you get into the playoffs. Everybody's real focused. Everybody's like, yeah, and, and they're, the extra details are discussed at a little further, a little greater length. Practice starts earlier because everybody's out there quicker. Yeah, you know that kind of stuff. Just little small things like that make you let you know. And in meetings, the language and the the attitude and the questions, everything's turned up. It's hard to beat a team three times in a season. Yeah. So I think it's it serves both teams well that they've split. They've both got some confidence coming in that hey, if we do things right, we got these guys. So I, I, these games and these wild card weekend games, I, I've always said I think they're the best football of the year because both teams claw and scratch and fight to get in, and that kind of carries into this first week of the playoffs, right. and they really, really turn it up. And you know it's win or go home, so That's you right. really do let it all hang out. Yeah, I mean, it's, it is great football. There's no question about it. That's why they call it Super Wild Card Weekend. Our yeah. closing figure – deals appropriately with Bills Dolphins playoff history. Sunday's matchup is the first in the postseason, as we've told you, since January 1999 between Buffalo and Miami. Six current Bills players weren't even born the last time the Bills and Dolphins played one another in the postseason 23 years ago. Talk about feeling old. Jeez, yeah. <laughs> That'll do it for this edition of Bills by the Numbers. Make sure to subscribe on your podcast platform so you know when the next episode drops. And remember, when you need to know about the Bills, you need to check Bills by the Numbers. For Steve Tasker, I'm Chris Brown. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week, everybody. 